Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. This is episode number 368. And today, Mike, we're going to lift the hood on the Golf Digest, Digest Hot List. Okay. Right, so it's a list that you know it's it's something that's been around for a very long time. A lot of golfers use it as a reference when they're looking for equipment. Uh, and who better to speak with it than someone who's been there from the very start, dating back all the way to 1992? Mike Satura, he's been on staff there. He's now the senior editor of equipment at Golf Digest. We're going to be bringing him on the show in a moment. Um, and it's 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 something that you know I've seen, you've seen, and. We all have questions. You know, we want to make sure when we are getting our equipment advice, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we're getting something that is unbiased. Right. And there's so much equipment out there. There so is. A lot of people use this list as their starting point. There is because there are just so many options. So no matter what level golfer you are, we know that a wide range listens to the show every week. Uh, there's going to be something in here that you can learn because we're all wanting to make sure that we get the equipment that's fit for us. You've also heard us, I'm sure, talk a lot about club fittings as well so i want to dive into that with mike we're going to get his take on even above and beyond the recommendations what are his thoughts on getting fit where that plays into it especially because like i said you hear us talk about that so much week in week out right and plus a guy who's just so heavy with equipment for the last you know two plus decades i want to really gauge his thoughts on this whole distance report and things like that as well 100 percent. so mm-hmm. we were going to ask him about bryson that new rule we saw which by the way the players was just incredible yeah uh, i i think it was so great to see what what justin thomas that's off the jt he, he just continues to prove himself as a world-class you know golfer the fact that that we we saw like we thought again it was me bryson making another run but then here comes jt with just a solid sunday and he missed a lot of putts that day mm-hmm. and he still did what he did he on still sunday. did it. he had such a brilliant round look out for for big things from justin to come um Okay, so before we get into our interview, we want to do one of our seg- favorite, favorite segments that we do every week, which is the Twitter tap-in, and that is a moment where we get to ask you guys a golf question, and you can weigh in, and we've got another great one this week because it fits right into the equipment that we're going to be talking about, but if you're not already following us on Twitter, make sure you do so at Golficity so that you can be part of the Twitter tap-in each week, and we're going to be re- reading some of our favorite responses right here on the show. So this week we asked, when taking a golf trip, like, what is that, right, Mike? Yeah, what is that? We all miss those, don't we? But we'll be back to traveling well, soon. Well, this has a very reopening and travel theme, this Twitter tap so I'm excited. There Keep you going. go. Yeah, so we said, when taking a golf trip, do you prefer to travel with your clubs or do you ship them to your destination Ooh. separately? And Mike, you and I, we've kind of done a little bit of both. We have. We've done a little bit of both. I mean, I prefer the bring. That's just me. Yeah. I'll just jump out of the gate here. I'm a bring guy because there's a lot of other things I'll stuff in there. Like I can put some clothes in there. I put multiple shoes in there. There's just, just so much in there. I just like to have it with me. Yeah. Personal personal feeling. Uh, well, look, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. I actually, uh, because as well as bringing golf clubs, we bring a lot of equipment with us for right. podcasts and for filming. So it just serves as an extra bag. We'll often put tripods and things like exactly. that in there. So we'll bring them along with us. But you have the other side of the spectrum, like you got somebody like my father, right? He's a he's a big golfer. He before COVID was traveling a lot. Uh, he ships every time, and he's it's funny too. He's got it down to a system. He does not use any shipping service. He just straight UPS, straight UPS. Okay, yeah. It's hilarious. He's got his one box. This 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 box that perfectly fits his golf clubs. He's got it in his garage. 
and uh, he always says, "Don't throw out my box." The same box, yeah. Oh, Don't great. throw out my box. He always he's always worried someone's. It's perfectly fit for it. He's got it down. He knows what to do. He puts it in there. He has a whole packaging routine, and he ships at UPS. So he'll, he's actually headed to Florida, I think, next week. So he's gonna get down there and try and to play a little bit. He's the one who taught you about the towels around the irons. Yeah, I share that because yeah. that's actually so pretty good. What I I do a couple little tricks. One thing is I've got that. I think it's called the Caddy Daddy, and it's this like yep. rigid pole with like a hard almost Saved mushroom looking top. Clubs life one. Save yeah. my clubs because yeah. it shattered, but mm-hmm. the clubs were fine. Anyway, it, it that protects like a, against the whole top against it getting hit. But I would like to do too is I'll take my my couple of my golf towels that I'll be bringing the caddy towels anyway and I'll wrap them and weave them around all of the clubs so that they're not just banging into yeah. each other the whole time tip of the day right there tip guys. of the day do it for sure uh it, that especially that caddy daddy thing is going to be the cheapest you know it's twenty dollars worth of insurance yeah. it's going to save it's your club expense so let's look at some of these responses here Mike yeah Casey loves golf right out of the gate here the one and only time I've played on vacation I rented I only played once it was a mistake horrible clubs so He's a renter. He's not. He said no matter what, he's going to be taking them. Um, but not a not a true answer to shipping or traveling with. But um, let's see what else we got with that. Travel with Adam Reynolds. I'll drive if I have to. Ha ha. I don't trust the shipping process. <laughs> yeah. Look. People, Personal a lot feelings. Of people, yep. A lot of people clubs are their baby, and they just don't. Um, Trent Blackman says I fly Southwest, and when I, and they fly for free with me. Typically, pack more around the club heads. Arizona trip next month. That's awesome, Trent. Enjoy yeah. that. Leaving Iowa for Arizona. Can't wait. Uh, love what you guys do. Thank you. Thank you, Trent. Um, yeah, I mean that's just it. Like you, you just can't. Whether you you ship them or you know they're you bring them with you and you're checking them. Either way, they're gonna get tossed around. You just got to do that little extra step and just add some extra packaging. Yeah, I don't care. Definitely what you say. I mean that's what I. That's it, John Dunnigan. Absolutely, they ride two bags. Definitely fit in the Tesla three with room for luggage. If you put the back seat down, <laughs> he's bringing them with him. No matter what, um, Alex Napier, I prefer to travel with them, but either way, I worry about how they will be handled by airlines or shipping companies. So I guess either way, they can get they could they could get hurt. Yeah, here's Rich. He's a guy who likes to just walk on a plane, I think. He says, uh, I ship the clubs and my clothes. There you go. <laughs> he shipped it all. He just shows up with and short sandals and a margarita. There you go. On his, on his flight. Oh, and of course, ship sticks weighed in. <laughs> they said that's easy ship them to your destination there, with they, there you go exactly that's great and i'll tell you what ship sticks we we've actually used ship sticks as a service before yes we have and i think that it's a terrific service especially if you don't know the ins and outs of shipping yourself because you can you can like my father does literally put them in a ups box and ship them off um but ship sticks kind of makes that easier because they handle all that you're you're they're not the ones who are physically transporting your clubs. It's still going to go by one of those carriers. They just arrange the services, and they have extras like the insurance and things like that. Yep. Um, but I remember a, a bunch of guys on the team used ship sticks uh, for when we for went the Orlando to, trip. Yeah, the yeah. PGA show two years ago. Yeah, and it was cool to just show up at the door and, there and then they leave are. them at your door and then head off to. That's the scary part. Right. Leaving your clubs at your Airbnb and then heading off. To the airport yeah. something about that doesn't make sense well, to look me. how how but much of it this, works right how much of this is our own anxiety that we just don't like to part ways with that's our clubs? just exactly it our own anxiety yeah um but yeah i'm seeing a lot of other responses here some people ship um let's see 
Uh, Hunter Brown, he says, never had to fly, but uh, still always travel with a hard case. And that's another thing, the hard case versus the soft. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me about what case I use. I'll post it on the stories a lot. I have a soft case, actually, mm-hmm. and it's done me fine as long as I've got some rigid component to it. And yeah. in my case, it's that caddy daddy thing. Yeah, for sure. You, I think you got to have something that you will do. absorb an impact. And then here, the last one we'll do here is Joe T. He says, if the airline charges for them, I'll use ship sticks. If they don't, I'll check them. I've had a really good experience with ship sticks, with, which used FedEx prior to COVID. Not sure how reliable FedEx is these days. And I've had other issues with losing some packages. So, yeah, there's no doubt that what's going on with, you know, yeah. all the types of parcel services right now. But just the, the, as, the, as the basic idea of shipping your sticks versus bringing them, I see a lot of consensus here if people like to kind of bring them. Right. right. I mean, that seems to be the. Uh, I, I just, I mean, my, you and me, our personal preference is always to bring them. But hey, weigh in the conversation. Uh, let us know because, look, this, at the end of the day, clubs are, are our babies. We want them to arrive there. And, and nobody wants to have a, a golf trip and you get there and there's no clubs. Uh, yeah. Except for, you know, like I said, some people will say rent, but, you know, I, that would be my plan D. Plan D. Now, yeah. if Shipstick spun off another company, did ship kids. Now we're talking because I'll ship those kids so we don't have to fly with them. <laughs> When uh, I take kids. my kids anywhere, but oh yes, my God. ship kids, <laughs> ship kids, yeah, and there you have it, guys. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Ship Kids. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking of which, let's do a quick word from our sponsors, and then let's go ahead and bring Mike on the show because we want to talk about that hot list and and really what goes on behind the scenes to to make that list every year. Um, so first, guys, we're excited to share with you some exclusive opportunities from Team Titleist. But to be part of them, you have to join Team Titleist. Well, here's the good news: that is both free and easy to do. All you need to do is go to titleist.com slash team titleist to get signed up. And it gives you access to opportunities like prototype testing, special events, limited edition gear from Titleist, so much more. And speaking firsthand of guys who've been to some of the events who have had the prototype testing and some of that terrific gear. I know even your um, scorecard holder is a team Titleist scorecard Mm -hmm. holder. Uh, They really put a lot of love into to making these things, you know, really well made. And it, it it just it just kind of it shows through in that Titleist care to just really do things the right way in all of these things. And especially the events. The events are just so well put together. Um it's great to A, you know, meet other golfers who, you know, team Titleist love, you know, love the Titleist brand, but also it's just a great way that you see them as a company just really giving back to yeah. the community. Yeah. So the, it's something you definitely want to be a part of. And like I said, it's not like there's an annual subscription fee. It is free. All you got to go to is team Titleist, uh, Titleist.com slash team Titleist. Get signed up. You won't regret it. Join team Titleist with us and we'll see you at some of those events. Why not join some for free and just get stuff in the yeah. mail? Exactly. No brainer. Guys, want to thank FootJoy. They set the standard for golf shoe performance. And in 2021, they're coming out. Well, they have come out. It's out there. You could buy it today. It's the all-new Premier Series. You've probably seen us all over social media just showing these things because they're so pretty. Frank, I have a pair right here. Hold on. Check these out. These are yours, my friend. Those are. Look at those. So this is kind of that classic style, but that new... Look, look at that. Those are, they're, they're unused because I'm saving them. I'm going to break them out for our Pinehurst trip next uh, Perfect, month. Perfect place to bring these out. Now, these go. were designed in collaboration with the world's best players like Justin Thomas, Adam Scott, Max Homa. The Performance Series features classic styling with premium, get this, waterproof leathers and great details that exude craftsmanship. That is complemented by state-of-the-art comfort and performance features like the Versa Trax Plus outsole. 
which is right here. That thing is pretty cool. Versatrax. Uh, learn more about the Premiere series at footjoy.com. Guys, go check them out. I mean, I was so skeptical skeptical at first about these because this isn't the look that I'm used to. Right. But when you get them in your hands and you put them on and you just you throw on the rest of the outfit, you're like, wow. Plus, it's such a classic look on top. But yep. then when you flip it on the bottom, you see all yep. of that performance that we're used to in some of the more athletic type of shoes but you've yeah, got that nice gorgeous, classic man. look on top and we've already seen them premiere on tour like you said guys like adam scott out there wearing them uh and just really catching rave the JT reviews warm the players right yeah jt all those i mean yeah. it's just been the, it's been the big news lately but guys gotta check out the premiere series for sure all right so with that said guys let's go ahead and dive right into our interview we're going to bring mike satura on the show right now all right, guys, we got Mike Satura. He's the senior editor of Equipment at Golf Digest. He also leads the team that's developed the Hot List, which is the most widely read review of new products by the uh, by the golf industry. And we're really happy that it brings him to the show. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure. It's great to have you here. And and want to dive right in. You know, Hot List is something that uh, has been around for quite some time. Obviously, a lot of our audience is very familiar with it. Uh, but for anyone who's maybe a little bit newer or just we want to get a little bit deeper into it, let's let's lift the hood a little bit here. And can you tell us a little bit more about the process that goes into making the Hot List every year? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the simple thing is, uh, obviously, the Hot List comes out at this time of year, every year. It's our review of of all the club categories in, in one space. And, you know, people think, well, okay, that's, that's uh, three weeks of your time. And, and there it is. It's, it's really uh, an incredible uh, team project. You know, we've got, you know, at the end of the day, probably more than 40 people involved in putting this thing together this year. It's, it's obviously part of the regular uh issues of golf digest uh, it has its own special print issue that you can get at retail and of course there's the online aspect at uh, golfdigest.com uh, including an interactive feature that lets you build your own bag based on the hot list clubs but I, I, it, it's hard for me to to say that there is a week or even a day that i and and, and especially my right hand partner there mike johnson who's also the equipment editor at Golf Digest, uh, that we don't think about either what's coming with the next hot list or, or how we can learn from the previous hot list or, or wait a second, did we get this uh, the way we wanted to present it? So I, I think it's it, easy to say that the hot list is an all the time thing for us at Golf Digest. And, and our main intent from the very beginning uh, was to have the hot list serve as a starting point for the buying process. When we started the uh, the hot list, the the first go round, uh, it was in 2004, and the equipment industry, the equipment business, uh, equipment at retail was confusing then, and I think it's only uh, confusing by a factor of 10 mm. at this point. And I think our goal is, hey let's help not so much eliminate your decision-making process and you just you know essentially look at the hot list and go well this is what i want to buy it's more like organize your buying process organize the shopping process i mean there was a time when when uh, it would take a couple of months for someone to pull the trigger on a set of clubs we know for a fact and certainly in the last year we saw for the fact that that happens uh not in two or three months but sometimes two or three hours and we would like to 
to make the process informed. Uh, you know, I think we want to ultimately be helpful to the reader. We want to be uh, fair to the industry, but we really want to be true to ourselves in terms of uh, are we uh, proud of what we produced? Do we think it's a, a truly honest effort? And I think what we end up, you know, when you have 137 products, people get overwhelmed and say, wow, Jesus, everybody, everybody wins. And I think what we're seeing is there is a ton of good product out there. And it, it in a sense, uh, if it's on the hot list, it should be on your shopping list. Yeah. And you know what? As golfers, it's good for there to be so many options for us. It's a good thing for us. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I mean, it is something you mentioned being proud of it. It's something that you you should be proud of because I tell you what, even I was looking through some of the digital uh, piece of it and it's just, it's visually stunning. It's well organized because you're, you are distilling down a lot of equipment and making it easier for us to find. But I want to talk about some of the stuff you touched on in a minute. I want to talk about the, the new build your own bag feature. I also want to talk about, as you mentioned, this being a starting point and where uh, club fittings come in because we've seen a, a big boom in that and we're big advocates of club fitting. Uh, but before we dive into that, just as a starting point, how many or roughly how many clubs do you test when you when you kick this thing off like how big of an undertaking is this so you know and, and obviously this year was a really special year with the challenges of the pandemic and uh, I mean, it was really incredible to to pull it off quite frankly uh obviously a lot of zoom meetings uh you know we we had to go through a lot of precautions to uh uh in terms of covid testing to get everybody uh, okay, you know, we didn't per se have a bubble, but everything was local. So everybody was in, in the local area and everybody was tested. But, but you know, at, at the end of the day, we had 270 entries that we considered. Wow. And we end up with 137 uh, final selections. And, and I think, you know, the, the process is intense, but at the same time, you know, what we're really trying to see through the the four criteria in the hot list is an evaluation mechanism that's not all that different than what what an individual golfer might go through. So when you look at our process, there's four main criteria. Performance is 45% of a product score. That's really what happens when you when players like you use the club in question. Uh, look, sound, and feel. How does a how does a user sort of react to the visual the aesthetic, the, the way something feels and sounds, that's another 20% of the score. So basically two thirds is what happens when real golfers use these products. Uh, then we have a category called innovation. That's 30% of the score. Uh, we think it is crucial if, if companies are, are worthy of being on our list, they need to be thinking about sort of advancing the paradigm of, of what's possible in that particular club category. And then we have a, a category called demand. It's 5% of the score. It's not really going to determine whether something is on the list or is gold as opposed to silver, but it is a recognition that, hey, this is a legitimate enterprise that uh, if company X makes the list and, and you call them, you know, two weeks after the hot list comes out, they actually have a phone number and, and a, a, maybe a functioning website and, and that sort of thing. And, and, and let's, let's be honest, there is a value uh, to established companies uh, because 
it indicates that they've sort of maintained a level of success, a level of innovation, a level of importance in the marketplace that that we think resonates with golfers. And that's really what the hot list is trying to reflect is what resonates with golfers. So when you start with 270 products and you have four criteria and, and you bring in obviously a lot of players to do uh, to do the hitting, but we bring in a team of PhD scientists who are well-versed in what's going on in uh, golf equipment, done a lot, have done a lot of their own research and testing. And, and they've, I won't say they've seen everything because they're really intrigued by the new stuff that they see, but they know enough to, to know, hey, this is really just a rehash or this is something we haven't seen before. And I think it's intriguing that we should pay attention to it. And then we also bring in a, a, a panel of retailers who, you know, I don't know what the years of experience that this group has, but it's, you know, well over 150 years of experience in the golf business. And, and they know what works. They know what is going to matter to the point where they, they're either uh, bullish on it before they've seen it, or they have already got it in, in the shop and it's, it's, uh, uh, they have real data on, on how it's resonating. So that's, that's, that's a, a short look at how uh, intense the process is, but I can assure you it's it, in practice, it's much more, uh, much more intense. If you ever sat through a six hour uh, zoom call <laughs> with, with the company's R and D team, you, you, you know, where we are, where we're at. <laughs> well, and no doubt. And then what I like about that too, you talk about 270 clubs, it's you're effectively doing a lot of work that we as golfers could never do. We would never have the luxury or the time to test that many clubs. So by helping narrow it down, that provides a benefit for us. But I like too, as you said, it, it really holds the companies accountable to continue to push innovation because they know that year over year, if they don't, it's going to be sniffed out you know, by the experts and people like, like that. But one big question I want to ask it's on the tip of everyone's tongues, you know, we think Golf Digest and this major publication that when we, we thumb through it, we see a lot of ads for different equipment manufacturers. The question becomes, how do I know that Golf Digest is able to separate the two and keep this function unbiased? So if you could speak a little bit about that, what goes into it to make sure that your function as, as distilling this down is as unbiased as possible and is not influenced in any way for anybody who might be thinking that might be an issue influenced by the advertisers. Well, it's been historically the case at Golf Digest that there's a pretty clear separation in terms of what we like to refer to as church and state. I'm not sure who's church and who's state in this, but uh, the, the folks on the business side, uh, it's not that they don't speak to me, but they know not to speak to me. And, and, and it's, it's a respect that I have for them because I don't want them trying to explain to people that they're trying to, to do business with, well, this is what the hot list did to you. And, and this is why they did it. Right. Uh, the, our conversations with manufacturers are, are largely with the R and D side and, and our conversations about results of the hot list don't involve people on the business side. Uh, you know, in a, in a sense, I feel sort of sorry for the folks on the business side because they can kind of get caught in the crossfire, but there really is not a, a, a business component to the hot list. You know, there is advertising in the golf, in, in golf digest. We have long-term advertisers with golf digest, but you know, to put it in perspective, I would say the hot list directly has 
caused the company to lose an estimated $15 million in potential ad revenue wow. simply because of how products have been viewed in the hot list and how companies have reacted to that. And to our company's credit, they've stayed strong with the hot list. Uh, we've been able to maintain relationships with companies where, where is, it is a, uh, a conversation after the hot list. It is not the uh, accusations uh, and, and really unfounded accusations. And, and by the same token, you know, we're looking to get, improve our process because we know, you know, whether it's a Callaway, a TaylorMade, Titleist, Ping, all of those companies are doing exactly the kind of testing, you know, whether it's robot testing or much more often these days, player testing. And they're trying to put forth products that they feel have been vetted by, you know, their testing panel. And, and this, the beauty of the hot list is that this is an independent and probably the first independent sort of evaluation that their products are going to receive in a lot of, a lot of cases. So we do, you know, once the hot list is finished and, and out and put to bed, uh, we will share our player comments. We, we catalog all our player comments and we will share those, those player comments with uh, a specific company. Obviously we don't share any other company's products with all companies, but uh, company X wants to know how its driver did. Here are the comments on that driver from our, our panel. So I, I think, you know, it, it is obvious to look at advertising and say, this is clearly an influence, but I really don't have any input in into who advertises Golf Digest. I don't speak to that side of, the, of our business. And 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 I feel very fortunate that that's the arrangement and, and that's that's how we in essence, do business. The hot list happens independently of just about everything at Golf Digest, including uh, me getting the laundry done at home. <laughs> well, there you go. And I think, as you said, that I think that's that's even terrific for the manufacturers that they know that they're getting that. And, and, a, and a good manufacturer is going to value and understand that independent feedback is what's going to help them to grow and, and push their own boundaries. Um, but switching gears, let's talk a little bit about this build your bag feature. Uh, so this is a, a, a cool and it's a somewhat new addition, right? So when was this added? And can you tell us a little bit more about how that works, the build your bag? Yeah, exactly. We, we've uh, kind of had a beta run of uh, build your bag last year. And, and, you know, it, it really has occurred to us over a number of years that obviously with a lot of products that make the hot list, the, the natural uh, first uh motivation for the hot list was well hey let's let, let's narrow down the field so that people can can figure out what to buy well okay when you got 14 drivers which actually is more like 26 drivers because of all the different models how do we really take that next step and it's it's really a simplified quiz based on each category you're essentially asked answering three sort of binary questions and that really splits the field in certain ways and, and kind of gets you really thinking about the type of player you are, the type of problems that you would like to fix, uh, the, uh, you know, the sort of goals that you have or the shots that you like to hit so that, that you can really kind of winnow down the field in terms of where a certain hybrid is, is better for a certain type of player or, or obviously with the four categories of irons, the, the players irons players distance game improvement and super game improvement we can we can sort of fit you into one of those categories and and we think the other beauty of of build your build your bag is is that 
okay, you took the quiz once. Well, let's go back and take it again because maybe your answers have changed or maybe you just want to see, well, if I answer this one differently, what are the recommendations there? And I think it's, again, it, it's not the uh, uh, sort of final answer that we're, we're trying to seek there. We're just trying to get you to think about how you approach the buying process, uh, how you sort of approach this incredible uh, supply of equipment that's that's flowing in front of you. And, and I think if you ask questions and give yourself honest answers, you're gonna be in a better place when you walk into that you know, large retail store or go see your, your, your local pro and, and see what he has. But you know, like I've said, probably since, you know, I started at Golf Digest in 92, and I think I've been about uh, club fitting since 90, 1993. It, if the highlist is the starting process, getting properly fit by an expert fitter is how you finish the deal. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about that in a second here. And one thing though, I will say is I took some of the tests and I, I, I do 100% agree that it helps get you thinking the right way. So uh, coming from being amateur golfers ourselves and coming from that world and knowing that even before we started learning more about equipment and fittings, we were very common to that question. Where let's th take a driver, for example. We're just thinking, well, which one goes the furthest? Like that would be the only question we'd ask. But now it's an education in that buying process when it's starting to ask very simple, direct, but important questions like, well, forget how far the club travels. What's the trajectory do you want? Do you want the, the driver that hits the ball high and has more carry? Or do you want it the trajectory lower, but has more rollout? Maybe effectively it's the same distance, but it, it changes and it's very individualized to the courses you're playing, to the type of style you're playing. So I think that I completely agree with you there, that it really is an education that gets golfers thinking in the right way about what questions they should be asking for their own game. But let's let's talk a little bit about fittings because um, it's something that we've seen a, a big boom in, and I think that's good for everybody. It's good for golfers and it's good for the equipment manufacturers. So how does that work hand in hand with the, the hot list? Is it uh, kind of, I think what I'm hearing you say here is it's this helping this narrow down process to give you maybe an idea and being more of an educated buyer of the direction you want to be. But then ultimately, are, are you still saying you're a proponent of the player going and getting fit from that point? Uh, there's no question in my mind that the ultimate way to reach your potential is to have a custom fit set of clubs, you know, soup to nuts driver to putter, you will improve. There is no doubt in my mind. And it doesn't matter whether you're, you're, you're looking at uh, uh, a place like club champion or, or uh, golf galaxy or PJ tour superstore or cool clubs or true spec, or, you know, the, the guy who's been, you know, running a, a, a great fitting establishment for years, like, uh, you know, totally driven or Pete's golf or, you know, countless other fitters and obviously we we do a, a sort of biannual ranking of the 100 best club fitters and that's a good place to start uh but i i think it, you know the the, the fitter is going to do as part of his process is going to do an interview with you and and i think the hot list is really sort of your prep for that interview with the fitter and and so you know if you have a sort of sense of who you are and where your game is and what your goals are that 
that also helps the fitter steer you properly into certain things. And, and, you know, he's going to know, listen, I, I just spent whatever. I just spent uh, a couple hours looking at, at the iron section of the hot list, man, I'm on this, this iron right now. And, and the, and the fitter is going to say, okay, but let's, let's figure out where your game is. Let's figure out who you are. Uh, and yeah, we're going to spend some time trying that iron, but I've got a few other things that I think you should try as well. And I think the other thing that's sort of lost in, in all of this, you know, everybody's like, well, you know, which one got five stars in this and, and which is gold and which is silver. You know, I just, we just are in the middle of doing a, uh, some research on shafts, for instance. And, and we just did a little test with, with Nick Sherburn at uh, club champion. And, and we took a driver and a 10 handicap and we got four shafts that on the surface are essentially this the same sort of description obviously they're all stiff they're all, all basically the same weight they're they're all from the same company they're four different models they they they're all relatively similar torque but they're probably different bend profiles but you know any guesses on on from low to high the difference between the shortest of those four shaft driver combinations. Do you think it was like three yards or throw a blanket over it? It was 17 yards. Wow. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> so, so the, my point is if you find a driver that you're intrigued by and you're working with a good fitter, you're going to get max out distance there. And I think that's what we say with the hot list is that all these products have a place. All these products resonated with our panel don't feel like, oh, I'm going for a second tier because this got four and a half stars in, in innovation or something like that. These products matter. And, and because of, you know, things like we've seen uh, with the different models and the adjustability and drivers and, and certainly other, you know, fairway woods and hybrids are trickling in that area as well. And the, and the options exploding in the number of kinds of irons that you can try you are going to get optimized, but you're not going to get optimized by yourself. You, you really need an expert who's, who's got the tools of a launch monitor. The other thing I always love to say is golf is in such, the golf consumer is in such a great place compared to the consumer of everything, any, any other product. You know, you go look for a new refrigerator or, or a new car or, or, you know, what a new tennis racket even you don't have a tool there that says, here are your numbers compared to what you have. And, and the launch monitor really says with, you know, obviously with a great fitter right there, that combination says, this product is that much better than what you have currently. Now you can decide, well, it's not worth me spending the money or I don't want to, or I can't get it approved at the home office or whatever. Um, but it's undeniable. This is better than what you got any questions yeah numbers are right there yeah makes sense and mike <clears throat> i want to switch gears a bit because i want to talk about the hot i mean you spoke a little bit about the hot list challenges over the past year talking about the pandemic and the bubble and the testing and the zoom calls and the difficulties that went into testing products but the good news is that we've seen this recent boom uh in golf as a result of the pandemic, more people getting outdoors, more people getting into the game. Um, are you seeing this on your end? Are you seeing more interest uh, in equipment purchases as a result? And are more companies offering more options for, say, the amateur golfer uh, as a result? 
Well, I mean, obviously, I think there was a, a, a case of almost everybody in the equipment industry really kind of getting caught by surprise in terms of how intense the interest was uh, once everything opened up in, in 2020. Golf had a tremendous year, uh, both in terms of participation and in terms of sales. I mean, just record shattering uh, year over year month gains that, that we haven't seen, obviously, since uh, really the the dawn of the Tiger era and, and where, where there was a lot of enthusiasm right then. I, I think what companies are trying to do is play a little bit of catch-up route right now. There were a lot of companies that we talked to that said we sold everything that we had, that we couldn't we couldn't find things. You know, if we if we found some box sets somewhere, we we slapped uh, those together and and got them out the door and and sold those as quick as we could. Uh, so I think there's uh, been a great opportunity, and 2021 is really going to be kind of this year that that uh, tells us, okay, we had a bunch of new golfers come to the game or a bunch of golfers who come back to the game. They got sort of midway or part most of the way through the summer using really old equipment. And they realized that, hey, if I want to stay in this game, I am leaving a lot of yards and shots on the table because I've got clubs that are outdated or ill-fitting or both. And I think right here is the opportunity. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a sales rep for a, a, a company, you know, here in, in the Northeast. And he was at a, essentially a, a fitting day at an indoor shop that for a long time did not have a launch monitor, you know, barely had a fitting bay and might've sold five of this company's irons in in the entire season in one day they sold five sets <laughs> okay Jeez. so and that's this and that's in the northeast in march when it's freezing cold so you know there are guys who are saying you know i've done i've done half my goal and then the season hasn't started yet in terms of sales so i think you know that we're we're going to see some challenges. I, I would admit, in terms of uh, uh, turnaround time, uh, whether you get in a custom order or that that sort of thing. So that's going to be a challenge. I do think uh, there's definitely more interest in in uh, women's box sets. Uh, that's that's really being developed. Uh, you're seeing some of that, and 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 honestly, the whole issue of women's clubs, we we uh, address that in the hot list and. And, and we really think that uh, there aren't men's and women's clubs on the hot list. There, there are golfers clubs. And if you are a, a level, a certain level golfer and, and you go through a proper fitting, there is, there are very few, if any products on the hot list that don't apply to, to men and women. That said, there are plenty of uh, box sets and, and sort of uh, moderate swing speed player clubs that uh, we think are good choices out there as well. And, uh, you know, the, the point is, if you're using clubs that you used when you gave up the game 10 years ago or five years ago or three years ago, time to upgrade. Yeah, you're and there's all, all kinds of opportunities to upgrade, yeah. too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's great. And, you know, just 
One other topic we wanted to touch on here was, you know, the the hot topic of the great distance debate and Bryson and what's going on on tour. Uh, we had Bubba Watson on the show, you know, this past weekend, and we asked him point blank what his thoughts were. And he said he was all for it. He actually made the line, you know, we like to see boxers get knocked out. And, and his other point was, let a guy hit the ball 400 yards. He still has to chip and putt. So, Mike, what's your take on this debate? Well, I mean, my take is as someone who's reported on this for uh, 20 plus years, you know, I do sense a an urgency from the ruling bodies on this particular topic. So I think that the challenge for the ruling bodies is with golf as popular as it has been in the last uh, 18 months and really showing no signs of slowing down. The appeal of long hitters, I think, is is impressive. And yet you look at the players that that are that are winning and, and, and contending in, in recent events and, and how courses at, at a certain level are set up. Uh, I'm not saying you can determine the winner, but but greatness is rewarded almost every week. It's not a, a one dimensional player that is right. winning mm-hmm. professional tournaments. Uh, if if we want to think about ways to uh, to make the best players hit it shorter, I think there is there is a, a real conversation to be had about, you know, whether there is a, a sort of wooden bat provision that you could have for uh, uh, elite level golf. I don't, I don't really believe that's the best way, but I think it's certainly possible that if you, for instance, limited club head size at the super elite level to, you know, something under 250 CCs, if you, uh, limited shaft length at 43 inches at the super elite level. I don't think there'd be a lot of 370 yard drives. Mm-hmm. I think you'd see just as much talent. You'd see, uh, you wouldn't see things taken away from uh, the long hitters. Uh, I think you'd have to be a little bit better shot maker than if you had a 460 cc driver. Uh, it would be an interesting scenario just to see how it played out. And I don't know that there would be massive upheaval by the by the industry if there was a slight tweak to super elite level golf. But same token, I don't see any reason for it at, at this point, other than the fact that the ruling bodies are uh, super motivated to make that change and, and voice that. So they're down that road. It's just a matter of whether they can bring everybody with them. Yeah, and and I think we're on the same side of saying like let let these guys be the superhumans and and we're there to watch and it's entertainment first at that level. But you know, one side of that uh, equipment aside, I just want to get your take. What was your thinking then on the uh, the OB rule that they did on on the 18th hole at TPC Sawgrass when they saw Bryson looking to hit it over to the other side? There, do you think that was a good decision on their part? No, I thought it was complete weakness. I mean, just. You know, if you want to fix the golf course and 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 get it to to that not being a, a a viable option, I just don't think a player who's come up with a way to attack a hole and you suddenly, you know, it's like it's to me, it's no different if they said, oh, you know what, uh, we need guys to uh, hit driver on eighteen, so we're gonna put a giant pond between 200 and 280 yards yeah in the middle of the fairway (laughs) right yeah uh you know 
he's figured out a shot, make him hit it. Uh, right. it I mean, it's not like he's he's figured out, oh, I can just hit wedge wedge and turn this 430 yard hole into uh, something else because of, of the angle. He's got to carry it 300, 310, yeah, right. and, and land it in you know a 12 by 12 yard square. Uh, I the the reason that they did it doesn't seem you know to justify the you know the fan danger or whatever uh, right. excuse they used. Now I do think it certainly uh, they had plenty of evidence that this was a possibility because it was actually done at the J AJGA players, the junior players event. So to me, you could have said, wait, we need to figure out how we have this hole set up. And instead of doing internal out of bounds, maybe there's a design change that we can make to the hole, or maybe there's a new tee that we can put in uh, that would make it a little bit more challenging or interesting from, from this perspective, or we just take our lumps and, right. and, you know, if he wants to, if he wants to do it, have at it, but you know, we're going to, we're going to make it hard for him. We're just not going to make it stupid. I, well, right. And as you said, he still had to execute the shot, and it was no easy shot if he was going to go for it. Uh, but, Mike, before we let you go, uh, one other thing I want to make sure that all of our listeners are aware of, uh, for anyone who's not already familiar with the hot list uh, and, and the new Build Your Bag tool, can you tell them just you know a little bit more about where they can find that? I know we talked about print and digital, but just simplifying it for anybody who's hearing this and they say they want to check it out, how can they, they find the hot list? Exactly. Yeah. So the hot list obviously is, is in print form, a special issue that you can get at retail and you can also go to golfdigest.com slash hot list and, and uh, order that special print issue. And obviously when you go to golfdigest.com slash hot list, there's also the full hot list experience uh, online, including the build your bag uh, interactive that uh, we hope uh, gets, gets your shopping even a little bit more focused and, uh, and you can, take that learnings from the quiz and go, go right to uh, your retail facility or your fitter and, and get, get that fitting process started. That's great. Well, Mike, look, we appreciate a, the hard work that you do, you know, working through so many clubs and helping us as golfers kind of make the right decision. We also appreciate not only your time, but also coming on and, and your, your candor and your honesty, addressing some of the common questions, like how, how you man manage to keep it unbiased and things like that. So I think what you're doing is it's, it's great for the game, you know, keep up the hard work. Um, and I think just as we get, like as I said before, more equipment, just means you know more options it's better for the golfers and when with the work that you do keeping the equipment manufacturers really on their toes that's good for the golfers too it's just pushing more and more innovation so again commend you on all the hard work uh it's a terrific tool i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how the build your bag continues to play out um, but it's a great tool we'll definitely link to it and um, we appreciate your time today Hey, thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate what you're doing as well, creating enthusiasm out there for uh, all things golf. Keep it up. All Thank right. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Mike. All right. So that was great having uh, Mike on the show. And I think it, it, it was interesting to hear really what goes into it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'll be one of the first to say, like, I, I've checked on the hot list, at, you know, kind of every year. And I remember back in the day when it was just print and just looking at it, you'd see those awards, silver, gold or whatever. Um, but never really knowing how much kind of went into that and him talking about being a 40 person team and bringing in the scientists and, uh, just the people with experience on it and just the different categories 
for me as a golfer, it gives me a higher comfort level and especially his, how he talked about the unbiased portion. Sure. It gives me a comfort level knowing that, hey, this is something that I can look at as a resource. Right. And, and you think you nailed it when you called it a starting point because it is important, again, go get fitted. Yeah. as we always talk about. But it is a great starting point because of those detailed questions. If you take that test, you know, do you want more carry or do you want low and more spin, things like that? I think it's a great way to narrow it down and start you off on the right path. Yeah, and it gets us as golfers thinking more along the lines of how top-tier golfers think. Right. You know, when a, a, a tour level or, or somebody who's competing in some way level golfer goes to, to get new clubs, you know, assuming there's not a sponsorship deal that, that's pushing them towards one type of right. thing. Mm-hmm. Let's just say you're just a t- top tier golfer going to buy new clubs. Even actually, even at that level, because even within brands, there are variations if you've heard us talk about. But the reality is they are asking those questions. They're talking about how, you know, what is your desired trajectory? We even just did that when we got fit for the ball. That's right. Even the ball. What's the desired trajectory? How are you attacking greens? What type of clubs are you playing in what situations? Are you the type of person who is hitting your three wood often off the tee? Or is that mostly just a fairway club for you? These are the types of things that what I liked when I tested out the uh, their, their you know build your bag tool, it starts asking you those questions. And if for no other value, if it gets no other value out of it other than as you as a golfer get you just asking more detailed questions yeah it's going to make you a more educated buyer definitely because and he was right in that well every fitter we've worked with have asked similar questions Mm -hmm. and i like that he even saying like look this is the list and just because it got four stars doesn't mean it's perfect for you right exactly use it as a data point in your buying decision but then when you're with your fitter use that too and and make a buying decision between the two you know, and, and I think that that's just it. It's just something that it's, it offers us more information. It makes our lives easier because who's going to go out and test 270 different yeah, clubs? Not me. Not me. <laughs> not me. So that was really cool. Like I said, we'll, we'll link to everything uh, in the show notes uh, as well as if you're watching this on YouTube, we'll put everything in the video description. But you can go to the show notes by going to golfisty.com slash episode 368. Again, another really fun interview. Uh, appreciate Mike coming on the show. And uh, we'll see everybody again next week. 